Welcome to MJ's Magic Hour. Less than an hour, yet jam-packed with New Earth Magic. I'm your host, Magdalena Jensen, transformative coach and mediator. Let's jump right in. Welcome, everybody, to episode, I think we're on 20 of MJ's Magic Hour. I'm so excited to be back after taking a week off for Thanksgiving. And as well, this is like a double backsies because <laughs> I'm back as well for a part two. I've never done this before, but um, our conversation was so stimulating and I feel like it opened so many doors that I'm now really excited to walk through together with you, mm. L. So I'm back with L from Be The Change. Welcome back, Chica. Thank you very much. I'm excited for this convo. I just, yeah, I just loved it. I felt so energized after our last one and enthused. So yeah, I'm glad to be here again. Me too. So I'm sure we're going to talk longer than an hour, um, but maybe we try to keep it at an hour this time. Um, And today we're going to just get right into it. I'm not going to bother with too many introductions. You've introduced yourself already last last episode. People can find all the links to get to you through the show notes. And so I'm just going to take us right on in. And today we're going to start kind of from our point of departure where we left off and normally how I close an episode, right? Normally I close an episode asking my guests, what is your vision for the new earth? We did speak about that at the end of part one, but let's start there today. Um, And I don't want to ask you necessarily what is your vision for the new earth, but I want to talk about more how can we land a new paradigm and what are the qualities of that new paradigm, but how can we land a new paradigm now? And I literally just got goosebumps as I asked that. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm excited for this. Well, I was just writing as you were going, I was just like, like writing things that were coming into my mind and it's like, Harmony, cooperation, you know, the donut kind of structure that we spoke about. So more like a vortex economy rather than that sort of top down authoritarian structure. Um, Everyone viewing things through the lens of abundance. So when I say lens, I mean uh, perspective, Um, uh, perception, sorry, your perception of things Um, and um, and solution orientated. Mm straight away that would cut through a lot of crap you know so because um a lot of and kind of yeah coming through the lens of abundance solution orientated and um uh, faith so like the opposite of fear so inverted you know fear is just inverted faith so it's like yeah just people more leaning into the excitement of the unknown rather than the fear of the unknown yeah because the unknown is always going to be there. We don't know, you know? So it's like, well, you can perceive it as like, wow, can't wait for the next bit to unfold and bring it into excitement or, you know, being in fear of it. I just, it's like one of those things that we were talking about last time, like death is something that's promised. Well, the unknown is something that's promised. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. So it's there. So how can we look at it through a different lens to then come into a different kind of space mm. and uh, frequency with it? You know, it's all through the perception of what we choose to view it through. Right. And it's so it's so um, obvious to me that the world is dramatically changing, that our yeah. consciousness is changing, that the way we exist as human beings is changing. 
Um, I see it reflected in my own life, you know, as without, so within always Mm -hmm. as above, so below, as we chat, chatted a bit last time as well. Um, and I'm just like, so eager for this to expand to a wider audience. That's literally why I became, I changed my whole life and became a coach and why I do what I do. Right. Um, and so what I want to do today, I want to make sure that we get quite specific with things. So I want to break down three of the big pieces that you just said that are for you, Part of the elements, and I'm, I'm totally with you on these, by the way, we're, we're super aligned. What are the elements of the new earth, but how can we really embody these qualities now? And there are three things that you really honed in on. Let the abundance mindset, being solution oriented and faith. Mm, let's talk first about abundance mindset. We are programmed as fuck to believe that there's mm-hmm. scarcity, lack, shortage, not enough, right? How can we, how can we on kind of like a mass scale, uh, maybe not, maybe there's not a way on a mass scale, maybe it is individual awakenings, but how, how do we approach poking holes in the scarcity mindset that is hyper pervasive and programmed to be able on a wider scale shift into an abundance mindset? I think, well, for in, if we're talking in terms of practical steps, then straight away it's um, us speaking that to ourselves, because if we have been programmed that, we have to undo the program then. And mm-hmm. to undo the program is repetition, repetition, repetition with the uh, subconscious mind. Um, although if it's something that you truly don't believe, um, sometimes it can be you don't believe it, but you also don't believe that you're worthy of it at the same time, then that can cause blocks from the ego mind coming and going, that's not going to happen, or that's not true, or how are you going to do that then? You know, that voice is the ego and it's coming in to intercept that, but it's it's it too is running off of your experiences and those belief programs. So straight away, we've got the program running in the subconscious. Now that can come from obviously the television, society, blah, 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 the pyramid power structure that we live in. They want us to think lack, lack, lack. And it's not enough to go around and the world is overpopulated. And, you know, like if you even could comprehend how much space there is and how we could divide that out between people, you know, not to mention the the physical structure of the pyramid. There's such a hoarding yes. of resources at the top, right? Yes. And because of the whole kind of system of you've got to have these things, you've got to live this life, you've got to have this money, you know, the cities are densely populated. Mm. But actually, if we came away from that paradigm and was okay for people, and we kind of are now like with the remote living kind of thing, you know, we're seeing that sort of shuffle of um dynamics but essentially cities are always going to be overpopulated and crowded and you know high um high demand low supply for things you know that competition mindset I've got to get down there and earn that money I've got to get that job and but again if we came away from the structure that we live in then that wouldn't be so desirable and then you could start to spread there's a lot of freaking space and I I think I heard on um something like everyone in the world could have two four football pitches worth of land and that would fit into Texas wow You know, so just to give people perspective, like we look at this again, we look at this little map, you know, of the world and we're seeing these little continents, but it's vast, 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 vast. Um, So straight away, just just telling yourself there is enough to go around. There is enough to go around. There's plenty for everybody. Yes, I agree. This system doesn't support that. And there are people that are going without. But if we keep feeding into that, then it's always going to stay like that. It takes a mass people to shift out of that mindset and then 
if you're generating different thoughts, you're generating different energy. And if you're coming from, I always come with solution-based thinking, then just those little steps alone can literally move freaking mountains. Yeah. And just then- those steps alone. It's not like, and again, it's this paradigm of like hard work or oh, the world is such a big mess. It's going to take so much effort. No, if each and every one of us could just come with, I always come with a solution-based mindset. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to fight. I'm here to find the solution. Otherwise I'm not engaging this shit, you know, and Mm -hmm. through the lens of there is plenty to go around. It's just the system that needs reshuffling. That's it. And we can, again, we don't have to get in there. We don't have to fight a system. It's just changing that mindset will change the energy because we're coming from a different way of thinking. And we're not coming from the same thinking that caused the problem in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, I would almost, and I want us to get into this, I would almost characterize that thinking as the opposite of like victimhood thinking. Let's, we're going to come back to that. It's on yeah. my list. So let's not get into that straight away yet. Sure. Little, little teaser for the listeners. <laughs> um, but what I do want to address here is this faith piece. And what you said as well, that um, it, it around beliefs, right? If you don't believe that um, there is enough to go around, or maybe that you're worthy of having enough, this is where the faith piece, I believe, can truly come to the table and be supportive, right? You choose to believe it until you do. You can quite frankly change your belief system by literally choosing over and over again to believe something until it becomes ingrained right so you can choose to have faith that there's enough you can choose faith over and over again until it's automatic right until you basically reprogrammed your entire being to embody that faith right exactly and so at the very least it's just the repetition so it means being the observer though it means being the conscious observer so you know, our mind and our body and all those systems that we talk about, the ego subconscious, you know, that's in the mind, let's say that's housed here somewhere, you know, all of that is just the tool. So you, if you can imagine yourself outside of yourself, so like right now I can imagine myself stood there looking down at us having this conversation, That that's me, the consciousness, and I have the ability to observe my own body and my own actions, like we can think about what we've been thinking about. Yeah. So that means that we can alter what we've been thinking about. We can change our thoughts. We can select different thoughts. So you have to be in that position to be able to be like outside of this, to then look in and go, oh, so you recognize that, oh, I'm thinking lack again. Oh, I'm thinking lack again. And when you catch yourself, so it's, it's like the easiest way to explain it is like, having a small child around you and if you don't have children I'm sure you can relate or if you've got a dog or something like that no we don't do that no give me your paw like you know you're kind of like re-correcting the behavior to teach the puppy or to teach the child Mm. something no we don't behave like that this is the replacement behavior Mm. no you don't ask like that you say please you know like you're giving the replacement behavior so we have to do that for ourselves when you catch yourself having that oh no that's actually a lack thought oh, that's like, well, that's me thinking I'm not worthy enough to have that. Catch it and turn it around. So you can turn it around. Without by... judgment too, right? Yes, without catch judgment. Catch it without being like, bitch, again, no, we... no, just catch it. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't judge it. Like, you know, people get so caught up with, oh no, I'm thinking those thoughts. And it's like, all right, cool. It's just a thought. It's not you. It's yeah. not you. It's just a program that's running the same way that if you're on your computer and a pop-up box comes up, it's not your computer. It's just a program that you need to clean up yeah running in the background it's not you know you're not like damn computer it's not actually the computer's fault it's because you put a program in that it's not you know you just delete it or delete the app or whatever like you're overrunning it and just wipe it and and start again so it's 
answering back to that. But the trick is answering it back, not letting it go and not not answering back in a way of judgment because it's just a waste of, of energy. It's not actually you. And that's a big thing as well, separating yourself from your thoughts. Yes. You know, my thoughts are not me. Yes, I actually literally wrote that down. When you said observer mode before, I wrote down, you are not your thoughts, right? It is so like essential to remember that you are not your thoughts. You are a sentient spiritual being and your thoughts are programmed. They are wavelengths moving through your consciousness. They are not, they do not make up who you be, right? You can, you have complete autonomy over who you be. Over them, yeah. And you have autonomy over your thoughts. You can change them, yes. you know, and, and if it's a really reoccurring detrimental thought, then yes, it might need a bit more training, but essentially, it is something that you can change. If you can think about what you've been thinking about, that means that you're the observer then. So that means you're not your thoughts. So how It's like you... saying, have a word with yourself. Well, if there's only one of me, how can I have a word of myself? Yeah, yeah, totally. It, that That's the two sides, you know, because it's the you, the consciousness, speaking to yourself, your mind, your body, <laughs> your, your tools. It's, yeah. It is a part of you, but how can you speak to yourself if there's only one of you, you know, so... It's... I have two two veins I want to take this. One, I want us to talk about the origin of thought, but this becomes a little bit of an existential conversation, and I do want to have it with you, because um, my dad was asking me about these topics based on our part one, okay. and I were having this conversation over the weekend, actually, so I definitely want to bring that to you, some of those things. But before that, I want to, like I said, we're going to keep it also practical today. Um, I would love to hear, because people talk about observer mode, observer mode, get in observer mode all the time, right? Um, and I have found my ways to be with myself in observer mode um, that I'm happy to share. But I'm curious, Elle, what are, how do you practice observer mode? How do you get into it? How do you notice it? What are some really practical things? Because I believe that for people that are urban dwellers running around in survival mode all the time there's never it's hard right that's a hard yeah. concept okay so to anyone can do this so having a look so what are mundane tasks that we all do in our everyday life so maybe um going for a pee brushing your teeth going to the shower um putting on the kettle or making a drink or making food so that's things that we all do every day we we do that regardless of how busy you are everyone goes for a pee at some point everyone has a shower at some point everyone makes a drink at some point and something to eat so you could use those points in your day as your cue right and again it takes time and practice to get into the auto response of this but use pick one or two of those tasks when okay this is the time that i'm going to think about okay let's re let's review my day so far Okay, so let's say it's lunchtime, okay, and you're making your lunch or you're at work or whatever, and you just, just a minute, okay, let's have a look at this morning, how did that go? Oh, I didn't really like the way that I responded to that person, okay, I need to really work on not delivering a message, not snapping like that, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore, okay, and do you know what I mean? So you just find the bits that you didn't like, and then think, okay, how could you do them better? Or, oh, I kind of was really in lack mindset when I was making that decision, like, um, you know, when people are like, for example, like, you know, when sales are on or whatever, and people are like spending hours, like trying to find the best deal or whatever, but it's like, but if you come from a place of, I trust that the best deal will show up for me, 
I trust that I'm not going to go that. I trust that I'm not going to be cheated out of 20 quid because it's on sale somewhere better. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's just, I trust. I trust that the best thing's going to come to me mm. rather than, um, because again, just like scouring, trying to get that extra 10 quid or whatever, like off the product, it's like lack mindset. And I'm just saying that because it's like Black Friday stuff going on here and people are yeah. talking about that, you know, and shopping around and whatever. But it's like, yeah, no, no lack. So the best thing will come to you. And that's in such a small thing. But even if you were like job hunting, I trust that the best job suitable for me um, will come up for me, you know, and you're, you're coming with that energy rather than the lack. And oh, God, I have to look at a million jobs. I have to apply for a million jobs because I might not get that one. You know, that's the energy that you're putting out there. I'm not going to get that one. So I have to apply for a million. That That's saying you're not going to get that. You're not confident you're going to get that because you've applied for 10 other jobs or whatever. So trying to come from that power mindset of, no, trust the right thing's going to come. I'll apply for this once. Maybe, you know, get your thing ready and do applications for others, but not always think, is this coming from a lack mindset? Is mm. this coming from, I think that I won't get the right thing or mm. the right thing won't show up for me? And this just like what we talked about changes. last time, everything's always working out for you, right? Yeah, but and it, and. It, again just doing that into your brain yes and again going back to the limiting beliefs and how to program them so yes of course like when you have you recognize yourself like oh that was lack then you can re kind of word it into an affirmation which is just basically the opposite of whatever you feel like you're lacking but for me as I said last time the affirmation that just cuts through so many things is everything's working to my advantage everything's working out perfectly it cuts through everything and it's the same thing with just saying to people okay just promise that you're always going to come to the table with solution orientated thinking just yeah. cuts through everything it's not all these separate problems we have to solve then because when you're coming from that just by changing that one thing it knocks down so many of the skills you know mm -hmm. just by changing that one thing rather than a million things to change mm -hmm. I think that's what why people find it hard it's like oh I've got a busy life I'm going a million miles hour oh I can't do all these million affirmations you know like oh it's too all becomes a chore and there's too many things for me to remember just slice through it all everything's working perfectly everything's working to my advantage mm -hmm. and uh yeah for me it's taken a little while but now that is generally my auto response and sometimes I do and I'm getting better at catching myself so if I something comes my way and I'm like oh everything's working to my advantage so I'll just go with it and it just helps me relax into it and not provide this resistance energy of oh panic or fear or whatever this heightened you know I used to get this heightened like burn it would come up, a fear in my stomach, up into my heart, burning in my face. It's like it chokes me here. Like I get this yeah. anxiousness that's like this sort of, I want to throw up oh. slash I'm being yeah. choked. Yeah. I was getting that so often, you know, and I can generally say like, I'm just not getting that physical response anymore from things. Yeah. It's um, beautiful to observe, isn't it? And I love, I love what you, you're like, like kind of boiling this all down into a quick tip, let's say. I love what you were saying about really bringing that consciousness to the unconscious activities, right? Every single one of us has to take a shit every day, hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully if you're healthy. Okay, well, I wasn't gonna say shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go there because I'd also like to bring a little <laughs> laugh to the table sometimes. We're gonna go there. So every single one of us has to- I'm so to immature. I find toilet humor really funny still. <laughs> I, have the, I totally have the humor of a 13 year old boy, not even girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I love toilet humor. So let's, everybody has to sit on the toilet every day, right? 
that time can be used for something. You don't have to sit there mindlessly scrolling your phone like most people probably do at this point. By the way, that's also a little gross because you put all those extra yucky germs on your phone. So do yourself the right. <laughs> do yourself the favor of just leaving your toilet, your phone outside the toilet cabin and just spend a moment with yourself. Bring some consciousness to the activity that you're doing that is so unconscious. The cutting of bread for your sandwich, the brushing of your teeth, all of the things that you inevitably are doing anyway, bring a little bit of consciousness to them, of self-reflection, practice observer mode in those moments to truly observe yourself without judgment. How have you behaved so far? How would you prefer to be and what can you do differently? And that's enough. And if you do that every day, you will see immense progress after a couple of months, immense progress. Um, the other thing is that when you're doing those things, that is your subconscious operating. So your subconscious is in, I mean, it's always running, but it's, you know, when you're doing those things where you can basically, like even, you know, like riding a bike, you know, you're riding the bike, yeah, you're watching the road, but you're, you can think about this, or you can listen to this music or this podcast or think about what you're going to buy for dinner or whatever, like, you know, it's your subconscious um, working because you've ridden that bike a million times, you've walked down that road a million times you've chopped bread a million times you know you've made tea you've sat on the toilet a million times so it's things that you don't have to think about because it's the program running to do those so that's another prime time to start pulling apart those programs when they're already kind of in use right in those subconscious at the forefront yeah 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 beautiful um and then let's dive into this topic of you wait before we do that, mm-hmm. um, I want to just add for listeners something that I, one of my things that I personally do, I don't journal every day, I journal most days. And on those days, but I do spend time in front of the mirror every day, I even have a mirror on my altar space. And when I sit in front of the mirror, that's when I do my affirmations, right? I am powerful. I love you. Everything is working out for me. I forgive you for ever not thinking that. And looking at myself, while I say those things in the eye, while I say those things has immense power um, to see myself. Um, so I really recommend this is another bathroom break time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody like being your own best friend, you know, imagine your best friend looking at you and saying, you can do this. You're amazing. You're beautiful. Everything's I mean, working to your advantage. You know, again, it's, like it's not needing someone then outside of you because totally. you can do it yourself it's the total Um, jerry Maguire moment basically right like we've all seen that movie right you (laughs) i can't remember it but yeah oh my god i love that movie so much i watched it over and over again as a kid as a kid this is totally not a kid's movie (laughs) but um a lot of good mindset tricks in jerry Maguire. yeah the other thing that you can do just while we're on the topic of just just really quickly is um breathing so I'm um really trying to become more conscious of my breath because I notice that I hold my breath a lot sometimes mm. so we're again into those mundane tasks when I'm walking I'm just like how am I breathing checking in with my um breath so again sat on the toilet so normally if you even if you're going for a pee you can still sit on the toilet for an extra little minute just three minutes and this um has been studied by the heart math institute you can look them up just literally three minutes sat on the toilet or boiling the kettle or whatever and you're just going to focus on your heart and you're focusing on your breath so you're just going to go in for four out for four that's it 
and you're focusing as if the breath is coming, as if it's your heart breathing. For three minutes of that, that will regulate your mind and your body back into coherence. So if you were plugged into a graph, you would just be up and down. So that's the rhythm of life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those effects just from doing three minutes, they've studied it, can last up to six hours. Mm. So, you know, if you're doing that in the morning before the day starts, one time at lunchtime, and then before you go to sleep, just three minutes, that's nine minutes in total. And you can do it while you're doing something else then that is um you know you've covered the whole 24 hours then of your day not to mention our heart has its own electromagnetic field so if you're kind of charging that electromagnetic field you're basically charging your whole auric vibration for the whole day and the thing is is that the ripple effect that that has of you even just walking down the street with a fully kind of charged heart-led heart-charged aura is fucking phenomenal <laughs> yeah and people feel it you know like when sometimes people say oh i felt her when she walked in the room or doesn't just light of the room or like who's that you know like <laughs> when you can feel someone's energy you know if i feel someone that i'm vibrant i can literally look down the road you know and i'm like they're a nice person or you know if you're in a coffee shop and you're like oh, i'm actually going to speak to this person because i feel your vibe you know yeah. um that's what's that's what's feeling it so yeah exactly charging that up and um yeah in those mundane tasks so it's called net no extra time so there's no excuse if i haven't got time it's like well you're sat on the toilet and <laughs> breathe <laughs> you know well maybe you don't want to if you've done a month too but um <laughs> <laughs> but you can <laughs> boiling the kettle for sure you can do it making a cup of tea you know that's definitely longer than three minutes to wait for the kettle to boil make your tea go back to your desk if you're at work or whatever so yeah use that time Mm, I love it and a lot of benefits um someone who I really respect who has been my coach uh on and off he um sets a timer for himself or rather an alarm every day at regular intervals to do this specifically this heart connecting breathing so that he's doing it every three or four hours a day for literally like yeah two minutes three minutes um, and it's just on all the time. It's like an autopilot timer. Um, and that is incredibly supportive way to start to bring some of these things into make them habits in your life, right? Um, habits take time to build. So don't, no need to berate yourself um, for not getting it straight away. But it, it does require kind of commitment and dedication and um, like de- devotion really discipline for the beginning right once you've done yeah. something 21 40 times you've created a new neural pathway you've created a new habit um and it becomes a lot easier to do these things to be in that observer mode to kind of start to literally think and be in a different way with repetition after you've repeated something yeah. for a certain period of time See, I find it really fun because I don't need anything outside of me. You don't need a pen, you don't need a piece of paper, you don't need a program, you don't need an app, you don't need to go up a mountain in Tibet and do a three-day retreat. You know, you don't need anything outside of you. So it's all at your fingertips because another thing, you know, like this whole materialism makes you feel, oh, you need this or you need that to measure your heart rate, you need that, blah, 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 blah. measure the distance you've run. You know, you feel like you need all these things. And again, I used to find that really overwhelming or, you know, all these different techniques of, oh, how do I center? How do I meditate? How do I, it's just very simple. Doing that heart connection breathing that we spoke about, 
bringing that into your thing and doing very basic affirmation of everything is literally you don't need much more than that yeah it's wild and And the effects in your life you'll you will start to see them and that will keep you going right mm -hmm. and you'll start to notice yourself being a different person right um and for me that's like the most thrilling and exciting thing there's a lot that comes with being a different person as well a lot of things that you have to learn to say goodbye to um a lot of things that will no longer vibrate at the same frequency that you're vibrating at um and so there's stuff that comes up that it can be helpful to get a little bit of support on let's not deny that i have i have i am not like some kind of solo yeti in the woods in my self-development journey right (laughs) like i've definitely gotten therapeutic support coaching support um throughout the journey um and it's not necessary you are whole complete and resourceful just as you are and the breath connection breath heart connection and some simple mindset shifts regularly it's, it it will take you a long way yeah it so really will. I, I want to kind of tag off of what you brought up about the breath, because this tags into the other thing that I want Mm -hmm. us to go into, which is that you are not your thoughts. And if you are not your thoughts, where do they come from? Where does thought come from, according to you, Elle? I mean, this is (laughs) purely um, speculation. I'm not saying this is complete truth. I'm just saying this is kind of what I'm kind of forming it as but essentially there is because we're all connected there is a a quantum field if you like or um a soup that we all are connected to so that's you know sometimes you can have the same thoughts as someone like, oh my god I was just thinking that you know like so it's a, a bit like the cloud you know so there's like a lot of information you're hooked up we're all hooked up to that same cloud our thoughts go into that, leave vibrational imprints or our words as well. And um, you know, like sometimes like someone has a great idea and then they don't act on it. And then somebody else, like a great business idea or something. And then they see it and they're like, hey, I, that, I thought of that 10 years ago. And it's like, well, eventually someone else is gonna scoop up that kind of thought. So I don't know if, like is there an origin so like where or is there a greater sort of control of that um quantum field that allows thoughts to be divvied out um depending on that person's sort of destiny or their soul contract or you know I, I don't know like why do some people think some things and some it, it's also as life goes on it's uh generated from experience as well you know you're just kind of speaking what you're seeing um but it's a hard question isn't it so it this is a hard question because dad and i were talking about on the weekend when we were just discussing there, um, one of our episode exactly this and what he brought to my source well that's it where people can sort of select thoughts from so because you know if everything you know in the kind of world of atoms and stuff it's like an energy it's like everything already exists mm. So are people's thoughts, are you just pulling it from an ether that already exists or 
where does it come from if it's an original thought how do you know it's an original is thought there you ever know an original thought well exactly right so so the way that it's explained in the bible is that thought is like is like the breath of god right it is the first thing that comes into us when we are alive it's the first thing that happens we breathe right and it's the last thing that leaves us when we die our breath leaves us right um and that's how it's written i I guess and described in genesis i have not read the bible in a really long time and he and i got into a little bit of an argument about what's the point of that book anyway (laughs) over the weekend but um that's what he brought to my attention was that how from a religious perspective thought is like the breath right the breath of god that comes to the table um, and so then that starts to beg the question exactly, is there a God? Is there a source? Is there a one? Is there, or is it multiples? I kind of liked what you were saying kind of at the beginning about some sort of plasma. It's like this sort of thought plasma that we're all this esoteric, intangible plasma that we're all part of that we can't live without it's not necessarily within us but we're all kind of it seeps through us let's say right (laughs) does that make sense definitely because then okay like for example if someone's stuck in a thought pattern like oh i'm ugly i'm not good enough the world's so shit blah 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 well it's just like the thing is is that we if we don't take charge of those thoughts like being the conscious observer then i think it's like up to like 70 percent of your thoughts are just the same as yesterday yeah. if you don't interrupt those programs so then surely does it depend on programming as well yeah so for, for me, thought, um, ah. for me, it's not like you have a thought. Thoughts spontaneously arise. Thoughts spontaneously pass through you um, and you can choose to latch onto them or not. Mm. A That's bit like the yeah, sushi, sushi belt, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, like a sushi all belt. All the thoughts are on the belt swinging around, which exactly. one are you, you going to grab off? Grab, and, right, and it's like a good piece of sushi or it's a shit piece of sushi, depending on which one you grab kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> right? So just to, I just um, had a, a thought. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the... Um, Okay, so you know, like an elephant, um, I, I can't remember who gave this as an example, but I'm going to copy it. But there's, um, uh, we might have touched on this last time as well, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but okay, so there's an elephant, yeah, in the circus, and it's stuck into the ground on a stake, and the circus master is like doing some tricks with the elephant, and everybody's watching this elephant inside the circus tent. Now, we all know that that elephant could tear down the whole tent and go running off into the sunset, but that elephant has been brought up to believe that this is your existence, so it doesn't know that it has... It doesn't generate the thoughts then of, well, I'm actually a fucking elephant and I can tear this whole fucking tent down if I want to. I don't have to be your prisoner um, here. I can actually just stamp stamp you to death and run off if I want to. I don't have to be a circus elephant if I don't want to. So then is there an element of like, you know, you get caged into thought? if you haven't had an experience or you've been programmed a certain way, then there's kind of like almost a ceiling. Well, look at how, let's say, since the rise of the internet, we have had so much more exposure to the world. 
to how other people think, do things, live, right? Um, and yeah. since the rise of the internet, we've also seen like the kind of unleashing of all the thoughts, all the possibilities. And we've also seen massive rises in mental health problems um, and suicides and struggles and people living out of alignment um, and being dependent on overexposed almost. <laughs> exactly so it's almost like overexposed right um i don't know where i'm going with that but i think you latched on to what i wanted to say with, with that concept that kind of it, it tags onto your elephant thing like we almost know too much so it's making us unhappy because we're never quite happy with what we have right it's always like a grass is all is greener if we didn't know that all of that stuff was out there maybe our society on a global scale would be in a very very different place well yeah i think so and i think there has been sort of social implications from that kind of overload of information um and again it's because you know like everyone lives in their own kind of paradigm their own sort of universe and their own existence based on their environment their upbringing their um, exposure to things so if you've got like an overload of that and again I think it can bring a lot of like wanting for something outside of you like I can see that this person has that life I want it I'm not happy in this life yeah you know but then also on the, there's a duality with everything right so then the other side is that it provides lots of inspiration because people go out and get shit because they know that it's possible because I've seen it yeah with with their eyes you know yeah. and then you bring in the other duality of like well some of it's not even freaking real and it's Especially going into what we're going into now with, um, you know, things being, you know, an AI, you can just take anyone talking and put someone else's face over it. You know, that's, we're going into dangerous territory there. Yes. Um, but, but I, but I still, and, and yet I still think that I hold hope that AI can't necessarily eclipse something about us as humans there is something more, right? There is a, a, a depth of consciousness, a layer, a depth of consciousness that I don't, that I think is special to us as humans. I'm not really mm. sure what it is. Well, it's hard yeah, to uh, yeah. And it's also, again, well then, okay, well, if we trust everything's working to our advantage, then let, let it let it unfold. Like, you know, because there's this big thing at the moment about, mm. you know, like digital currencies coming in, we must stop them, we must stand up and we must stop them. But then that brings in the fear thing. Well, if we don't stop them, then where are we headed to? You know, and it's just like, again, I've just really been thinking about this, this definitely in the last two weeks, like, okay, do I, do I want to spend my life standing up and fighting for something or do I want to just let go and trust that everything's working to my advantage and um, something new will unfold? Because that's the thing about all of this, there always has to be a duality. So yes, they might try and bring in government digital IDs and have some sort of control over you, but something else is going to be born over here or another you know, domino effect will happen over here. But if we all trust that it's working to our advantage, then again, it's not really coming from that place of fear. Because I think... You know, although it was, again, a big step in the me becoming who I am and this kind of my thought processes now, but everything that I did in 2020, that was definitely coming from an element of fear, mm. you know, and but then you need action to generate change as well. So it's like that fine 
It's a fine line, right? Fine line, but then here's the part of the action. You need action to generate change. You can take action from a place of heart-led alignment rather than fear, and that's where it comes kind of circles back to all of the things that we were talking about before. If you practice every day connecting to your heart, the fear automatically starts to diminish. I see that in my own life because I spend time every day connecting to my heart. I've done hypnosis for 21 days regularly around heart connection, right? Sorry, sorry. You're fine. Bless you. Sneeze me. Excuse me. (laughs) me. Bless you, dear. And so you truly like can diminish that autopilot of fear by choosing the other the other end of the spectrum, let's say, choosing love over and over and over again. And it's so cheesy and cliche sounding and it's repeated on, you know, T-shirts, cards and blah, blah, blah. But there's a reason that it's repeated everywhere, because it truly is the way to truly choose heart led love all the time. You know, and it's just also like on a more practical level that for people that can't get into that space right now or are on their way to and not um, connecting so much with that, you know, like, for example, you know, today, so if I spent today stressing about, you know, the predominant of my thoughts was about stressing about the future. It's like, well, that's a whole day gone. Mm. I'm stressing about something that you don't know. <laughs> like, it's just it like, like logically when you start to break it down, it actually does not make any freaking sense, does yeah. it? But it's again, a, a programming that's underlying in society because then it, it keeps people busy stressing about shit that they don't need to stress about. Um, and keeps it keeps busy people rather out than- of their power. Right? So that's the thing. When you're connected to your heart, you're fully in your power, right? When you're making choices and taking action from that place of being in a heart-led vibration, instead of fear, you're deeply empowered um, and can cut through a lot of bullshit. Um, And that's scary for a lot of, it's scary for a lot of people to A, wield that power, And it's scary for a lot of people that are in power under, let's say, false pretenses with different motivations um, to know that there is a greater power than them that is heart led and that is love fueled. Um, And that's freaky. They don't want us empowered. Right. Um, Let me let me come to one of the questions that I had on my list to speak with you about today, because I think it fits really well into this moment in time. You spoke about the fact that a lot of your actions in 2020 were fear motivated. Um, and for me as well, right? Like no, every, that, a lot of us have been going through that in many different ways because we're so inundated by fear all over the place. Um, how do you discern what's different? How do you know if you're acting out of fear or not? And really the question is kind of, how do you discern between intuition and fear how do you personally do it and how can we recommend or advise and support others to practice that oh okay right uh (laughs) go on girl you got this (laughs) okay so what i mean by that and i was conscious of this in 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 2020 so i was just like oh am i coming from a place of fear or a place of power right now but there was definitely moments where um, I was like, oh my God, well, what if, 
what if this happens or what if that happens or what if da, da, da. but do you know what it is it's removing the um power out of someone's hands okay so i'm just going to use this example okay uh you're um unvaccinated you can't come into this pub okay don't want to come into your pub <laughs> You know, or, you know, because we were facing the prospect of, well, you're never going to go out again, basically. And I was just like, so it's coming to the, rather than it being, I was in fear of being, that something being taken away from me. Right. Or you being limited. Or fear of um, restriction of movement. Yeah. So, you know, and I was in fear of, oh, what if I'm never allowed to go anywhere again, as in like on a plane or anything. Yeah. And then I just had to come back to myself and I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, would you change your mind and get vaccinated? No, I'm standing by my decision and nothing will ever change that. Okay, well then you've got to deal with the consequences. So again, not coming from the place of fear, like, okay, take your power out of your hands. Fine, I don't want to go anywhere. I'll find happiness here, right here. And I'll find a group of people that want to go and buy a bit of land up in up north and, you know, build a bloody eco lodge on there or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. just, we'll find a different... A different way around it then so <clears throat> removing the power from someone and you know this was integrated to me in, as a child like okay this is you know naughty but well what's considered naughty but I couldn't understand you know I've always been like this like uh, got sent out of a lesson do these pages and you sit outside here you know and do your work so I was like okay I'm just gonna rip the pages out of the book <laughs> and when the teacher came out at the end of the lesson oh where's the work oh I I wrote the pages out oh well, no I didn't write the page I just said like oh the pages don't exist didn't couldn't do the work or why have you not done this homework you know I was like well you know by the time I get to 20 this is probably going to be a distant memory and I'm not going to be thinking about that time I didn't do the homework that you said so I've decided not to stress myself out in this moment <laughs> you know like and it's the same kind of thing like taking away the power and just making it well something that you want to do then um is is one way for that but then yeah coming from the difference of what was it the fear and in, intuition intuition and... versus fear so taking people taking the power back right kind of stripping the person who is sitting opposite you let's say of their power um over you specifically stripping them of their yeah. power over you because we don't want to strip them of their power over themselves but their power over you yeah so yeah, the example that I just gave, um, you know, like I was like, right, I've got to get out of the country then because I don't want to be locked in here because my dream is to be somewhere where it's much more tropical. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to go now. But I said to myself, am I coming from a place of fear or is this something that I want to do? Mm. Because it's kind of the nervousness of it being something new as well. So you're out of the comfort zone that can come in. So again, was the whole idea from a place of fear? No, it was something that I wanted to do. The fear came in when it was something unknown. So then you have to push past the unknown yeah. boundary. Um, but for example, like stocking up on loads of food or things like that, I didn't do any of that because I was like, that's coming from a place of fear that there's not enough. That's lack mindset. There's not enough. There won't be enough to go around. They're going to take us things off. Of. I was like, no, I'll find a solution. So let's say they cut off the, the food supply. Oh, I'll make friends with a farmer then. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'll go, I'll go drive to some farms and make friends with a farmer or offer to work on the land in exchange for food or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, that's so not coming from a place of fear. Um, uh, so intuition, I think, feels a bit more like um, 
a gentle nudge kind of coming up inside rather than feeling like it's here you know like when it's an overthinking or oh is that and then you're going is that intuition I think like if you're having to ask if it is then it probably isn't um I also find that it comes back to what we were talking about earlier that everything's working out for you yeah so it comes back yeah if you are having these let's say ideas that are coming up that are um very different Um, and make you feel afraid, like you're talking about, like moving to a new country, right? Um, If you trust that that it's going to happen anyway, regardless of whatever obstacles are in your way, it's meant for you. That's your intuition, right? This is all of that, that kind of divine orchestration working together. You're having that intuition. The universe is bringing you the things that you need to get there, right? All of that stuff kind of for me is how I discern between the intuition and, and the, the fear, the thoughts, this kind of like hectic, hectic, frantic thought, thought, thought from the head, right? Yeah. Uh, or oh, what if it was an intuition? What if it was a message and I've missed it? Like, da, 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 yeah. again, it's coming from like the lack or you're going to miss something. You'll never miss. And I'm not going to get the message that I needed or I'm not going to end up where I needed to because I didn't listen to my intuition. It's yeah. like, no, it will take you around in another way if it's meant for you, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk, let's segue this into um, victim thinking. So that's something that we dropped in a little while ago. And I think that it's all very, very, very interrelated. So, and it's something we spoke about in the first part one of our conversation. From your perspective, how much of the majority of Western society, I'm going to keep it to Western society for now, Yeah, is in this kind of like victim thinking and how would you characterize it? Oh, um, okay. So yeah, I would say, I would say it's, it's quite high mm-hmm. um, in Western society, especially like coming, uh, coming back now from being in Zanzibar for quite some time where people just get on with it because there is no other fucking choice yeah another uh sitting around sort of moaning doesn't really come into the factor you know like sitting around moaning doesn't put food on the table Mm -hmm. and some people do live hand to mouth there you know so from the every day they're starting again from like right today i've got to earn the money to get the the food in whatever um so people are just a lot sort of happier as well but again uh so victim mentality yeah, I think it's quite prevalent. So I've noticed it a lot um, in terms, like in the freedom movement, like victims to globalists. And I can't stand this fucking word. And I've done a thing on it, but elite. Mm. Don't call somebody elite. Like that means that you think that you're below them then. You know, mm. you're feeding into the same paradigm that there is somebody above you. It just fucking winds me up. You know, like there's, if you look at the definition of elite, it means, you know, the most educated, the most kind of affluent people of society. Okay, well, if you're labeling them elite, then you're saying that you're not. You know, it's this poor man's mindset. Yeah. We're at the bottom of the barrel and it's like hard work to, you know, and we're competing against these people. And again, it's just a belief system. So you're feeding into the belief system that because somebody's got more money than you, that they're more powerful than you. You know, that's not the thinking that's going to bring us out of this. Yeah. Um, and that means you're a victim to them then. So you're a victim that the decisions that, or, you know, like Freemasons or, you know, secret societies or the Vatican or whoever, you know, like, oh, so you're a victim to them then. Yeah. So, so you- 
from your perspective, the simple fact of um, labeling and positioning of those particular groups of people, um, you find that to already be something that puts you in a victim mentality. Yeah, I would say so. Or, you know, coming back to more of a kind of like an everyday thing, oh, my boss, or it's my job, or it's uh, my boyfriend. It's basically like blaming someone outside of you for the reason you you made me feel like that. Mm, yes. Oh my god. Oh, so you're a victim to my to my words, but your your it's a choice to put yourself as the victim because you're saying, okay, so your words, that person that I can't control because they're outside of you, said something or did something to make me feel a certain way. No, you allowed yourself to feel a certain way because you're having a reaction to them. Completely. And for me, the rise of identity politics in the past couple of years, I know it makes me fucking crazy. (laughs) Rise of identity politics in the past couple of years is just fueling this victim mentality. And what earlier when I said Western societies, I realized I should correct myself and say developed societies, societies that are, let's say, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, societies that the majority of people aren't focused on the bottom rung of the ladder let's say which are the basics like food housing etc right i have lived in developed country developing countries for a very long time um as someone who was born and raised in america and it drives me up the fucking walls to watch these identity politics being exported from countries like the united states of america that have that are you know much higher let's say overall on this uh hierarchy of needs being satisfied um as those hierarchy of needs being satisfied and they're exporting this culture of identity politics that is effectively just exporting victimhood mentality to so many developing countries where they don't have time to worry about what particular pronouns they're using if they're offending you by their very breathing, right? Um, And it just drives me up the walls. Energy going into this. And again, you know, I had this conversation at the weekend with um, a sibling um, who is 18, so very much of that you know, not blaming on the whole generation, but very much of that kind of emerging generation that are very attached to this kind of way of thinking. And they think that they're so progressive for it. And it's like, uh, okay, one, you're literally the cheerleaders for globalist agendas and you don't even know it. So, and you're saying, you know, people are talking about like, uh, they keep bringing up like slavery as well at the moment, you know, like um, doing stuff. uh, It's, what was it? Oh, just, it's just like so ridiculous. And it's just like, you're actually working for free right now, pushing other people's agendas and you're you're spouting stuff that you don't know what you're talking about. And you don't know, again, going back to thoughts, where did this thought come from? Somebody is behind (laughs) pushing out these thoughts. How has it become so mainstream? Why was none of this done for racism? You know, like this is really getting pushed, pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Not to mention Um, like, does it matter? And it's just more, again, driving people away from the real truth that you are consciousness, <laughs> a spiritual being having a human experience. You're attaching to these identities, putting yourself into boxes. But willingly that, choosing to divide yourself and put yourself. But then saying the that you want equality. I know. We want equal rights, but we want to put ourselves in this special little box over here. And I had some rubbish the other day um, when we were having this discussion um, was... Uh, 
oh, that straight people need to be reprimanded <laughs> for this. And it's just like, you know, like they're putting it into the same boxes, you know, like white people need to be reprimanded for for their, you know, like, again, it's putting people into a box. Yeah. You know, not every white person is a racist. Not every straight person is a homophobe. You know, like you can't- And in fact, I would, say the, I would say pretty much the opposite. We have never lived in a time where it is so safe to be uniquely you, however you want to be. We There are very few places in the world where you are truly persecuted for who you were born as, right? It is like we have never had as much freedom as we have in the world these days. And it yeah. is just, and yet people are walking, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get down, go down this no, road. No, let's not get down into it because it's just, it's just like, and it's again, yeah. you guys sit where you want to sit, but you're going down a very dangerous road here of again, steering people away from who they truly are. And, you know, and we've got to think about, okay, so what, is it that that people actually want like where is the end goal then what you want everyone in the world to think exactly the same as you because it's not going to fucking happen and it's also not something that we want in my opinion we no. are we are a beautiful patchwork of nearly eight billion people on this planet with eight billion unique points of view experiences yeah ideas well what i would like right? to get to the point is where anyone just be who you want to be and you don't need to freaking tell me about it I don't need to hear about it because I accept you for you. Exactly. I accept, I don't give a fuck what you want to do in your spare time. I'm concentrating on my own life. Nobody fucking cares. I know. Really, when you get down to it. I know. You know, like nobody cares. People this just want to so... go on with their lives in peace. And I think everyone has the right to live their life in peace. And that doesn't mean ramming down people's throats, your kind of ideologies. And it, it's no different, you know, they, they're complaining about the church, but it's no different to somebody, you know, church preaching. It's the same shit. And it is, again, keeping people stuck in this pinball reality of you're just the duality of the thing that you're complaining about absolutely and what you said is really key is these are ideologies and this is where you have to be really careful of getting too. these are this is where you're too attached to the thoughts that come through your head right and people are not in observer mode right so let's circle back to a lot of what we started this conversation with like if you are in observer mode and you're observing yourself and taking responsibility to show up in faith solution oriented and with an abundance mindset all of this other shit becomes a waste of time and energy complete waste of time and energy because you are anyway comporting yourself in the world in a way that is beautiful and in integrity and you don't have to worry about what kinds of I, don't, I hate to harp on this concept because I don't mind using people's pronouns when they ask me to, but I'm going to roll with it because it's such an easy one. We don't, it doesn't really fucking matter what pronouns you use or what pronouns you want to be called by. Like, fine. <laughs> fine, but don't make it a thing. Because yeah. what, where does somebody else's rights begin and somebody else's rights end? For example, I'm a woman. Question. I'm not gender neutral. I don't. Why is my changing room being changed into a gender neutral changing room? I'm not, I'm a woman. So where does that person's rights begin and my rights end in order for them to have their rights? But then the, there's a whole, this starts to open up a whole nother can of worms for me because I truly believe that we are undergoing a mass scale war on the mother. Mother as a female mother woman who has breasts and a uterus and gives birth and vaginally and is a woman um, versus also the war on 
large macro scale mother. Look at how mothers are demonized in the workplace, like forced into the workplace. Why? What's wrong with being just a mother, right? That there's so many layers to that. And then on a yet even larger macro scale, there's a huge war on Mother Earth as well. Um, and I believe that that comes down to the fact that mother, the mother energy, the mother capabilities, that creatrixness of life um, that we have as women being able to become mothers is probably the largest, most scary thing for any power structure that has ever existed. And that is exactly why Constantine, for example, wiped Mary Magdalene out to become a prostitute from the Bible instead of Jesus's equal consort, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of created this whole patriarchal structure that we live in stemming really from that down in the fourth century. I mean, from the first ecumenical council. Yeah. And then when they noticed that, oh, uh, it's kind of gaining popularity that women want equal rights. Oh, and also we've noticed that half of the population is not being taxed. So I know, let's say that all women have to go to work. You know, you're breaking down. It's kind of started from way back then with kind of a feminist libertarian kind of ideologies. (laughs) Again, all of a sudden gushing through the mainstream media and people think that, oh yeah, this is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I'm pushing. It's like, is it what you think? Or has somebody placed that thought out there in the ether for you to pull on, you know? so yeah I completely agree with you it's under complete attack and you know this whole like people you know women don't have periods people do and it's like no women have periods like (laughs) if you choose whatever as an adult I think as an adult if you choose to live your life however you want that's fine not my business as long as you're doing no harm yeah and causing no victims i.e you're not a pedophile or something like that do you know what I mean I don't don't care do you live your life and your sexual life and whatever exactly how you want to and that goes for anything you know anything in life well, same way if this, you want to get gonna... um, you want to get vaccinated that's fine you live your life in in that yeah. and yeah. but don't enforce it on me yeah. i'm not going to force my views on you to taking us you brought up the word pedophile that starts to bring up a whole conversation for me around what's going on with balenciaga and what's been going on i just watched the Ghislaine maxwell documentary on netflix which is by the way doesn't even touch half of the actual truth it is so bland and pathetic um but that that's that's a whole there's a whole lot of dark in the world right (laughs) um that we don't necessarily have to open that can of worms right now and in fact since we've touched on that i think i'm going to start to wrap us up since we've touched on some of this darkness we know that things are changing we know that it is a shit show out there we know we have agency over ourselves and this is what i want to ask you to sort of wrap us up because I believe it's possible, but I want to know what you think and if we have the right to do this. Do you believe it's truly possible to thrive in crazy ass times like these? Yeah, absolutely. And do you think we can? Do you think it's acceptable? Do you think it's okay? Yeah, I do, because it's, you know, the more people that are thriving, the more of that energy that's being generated and the change becomes easier or, you know, that sort of positive change becomes easier or different sort of thinking and it's like that whole like show don't tell and that's kind of where I'm at I'm done with telling people you think what you want to think I'm doing like this Who, who's living the good life you know and I've really noticed since I've started taking that um kind of concept on that people you know I don't have to tell people people are like oh wow you're looking really great oh you're really healthy or you know I you know whatever like oh life's really working out for you yeah yeah 
It is. I don't need to tell you about it. If people ask me, then fine. But I just, you know, I don't want people's ideologies pushed on me. So I have to therefore then not push my ideologies on them, you know, and it's coming to that acceptance of I'm not going to convince everybody. And why do I want to? Why do I think that's my job to convince everybody that my way of thinking is the right thing? Because then I'm just the duality of these people that we're complaining about, you know, this kind of extremist ideology pushes. And it's, again, just coming back to, like, where did I get this thought from? Is this my thought or is this something that I've picked up on in my environment? Mm. You know, and um, what is it that I, you know, how do I want to live my life? I have to be it in order to receive it. So, you know, I don't want to receive judgment. I don't want to be told what to do by people or family members or whatever. So I'm not doing it to them. And guess what? It's completely, it's obsolete. Right? It's amazing. I don't that anymore because I don't do it. Mm, completely. I love how you point that out. When you focus on you thriving, all of the other shit becomes irrelevant and obsolete. All of the nonsense evaporates because you're so focused on you taking care of yourself and thriving that everything just goes away. And this is my wish for people. I wish that people would realize that, that they would feel that they're worthy of thriving, that they're not feeling guilty or selfish about it. It is the least selfish thing you can do to thrive because it by default makes all the other shit go away. All the bad negative crap diminishes automatically. Yeah. And just remember as well that, you know, your, your negative crap is only what you perceive to be negative. Mm. You know, so somebody's negative crap could be like, oh, I've bought this air fryer, but I bought the cheaper version. I should have bought the ninja one or whatever. But somebody else, <laughs> you know, who's not living your life would have loved to have that cheaper version. Whatever. So whatever, you know, I know that's just a materialistic kind of um, outlook, but it's, it's, you know, your, it's just your perception. Really, it's just an experience. And it's an experience that shows you, do I want to go this way or that way? So if it's an experience that you personally don't like, well, then steer off that way and find something that you do like, you know, and it's, um, again, removing this and going into the feeling do I feel good right now or, or do I not mm. is this something worth pushing past is this something that I want to spend my time and money on and um, time and energy on or do I not and that's another really good way that I can just finish off with a little tip is respecting your time and energy as you do your money because mm. if somebody was thinking about something they're like yeah but this guy you know oh is he interested in me is he not and it's like, it's like okay it's gonna go two ways you're either going to get with them or you're not so not worth a worry um but you know if I said to you or this person or that or I've got this bill or whatever or blah, 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 whatever if I said to you right every minute that you're telling me about this problem or you're thinking about this problem that's a hundred pounds slapped on the table please quickly people would get a rocket up their ass and change their direction of thought or you know what would you do if I said right a hundred quid every time every minute very little minutes are going to be spent on that and people what would you do you'd go and find something else to do and you'd forget about that because you don't want to spend your money on it Absolutely. so you know it's respecting your time and energy as you do your money because again in this paradigm we respect that a lot and not so much respect for our time and energy mm. um but you know you, you earn your money by giving your energy so your energy and time so it's just a representation of that so yeah I would I would just say you know, really thinking about, is this my time and energy well spent on this subject or on this problem, if not? And it's just focusing, inverting it, 
So that's what you don't want. Invert it to what you do want. This is what I do want. Visualizing what I do want. Imagining yourself in that. This is what I do want. And then being that person now. Yeah. So one of the easiest ways for me to sort of get into a mode of being that is attractive, that feels good, that is magnetic. For me, it's really comes down to practicing gratitude. Um, the quickest way for me to feel good is to practice gratitude. So we've had a little bit of um, some heavy topics that have come up in today's conversation. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy to talk about heavy conversations with you. And I want to leave us on a lighter note of feeling good. So, and it was just Thanksgiving. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to share one thing that I'm grateful for. And I'm going to ask you to share one thing that you're grateful for. Um, and I encourage every single one of you that are listening to share something that you're grateful for. Message me, message Elle, and tell us what is it that you're grateful for? Because gratitude completely amplifies uh, good vibes and really injects us in with love, right? And really shifts us into that vibration. So um, do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for my two babies um I'm grateful for this computer because I'm having this conversation with you and I am also grateful for Instagram for connecting us and us finding each other so yeah that's three things it's so easy to reel off things when you think about it so and it's again a great way to divert the mind away from what you don't want and focusing on because then you're going to be in the energy of bringing in more things to be grateful for so I could literally list I could and it's getting good at listing them as well I do it every day. This is literally my main practice every day, gratitude. Um, so one thing that I'm grateful for, for sure, is the connection that you and I have jumped into so fluidly together. It's so yeah. beautiful. We have such different life experiences, and yet we're able to bounce around with so many deep topics, so many light topics, and I really am grateful for our dynamics. So thank you so much. Um, I've also been sitting with a lot of gratitude for the people that receive my energy these past couple of days, because my mailing list has grown, my listenership has grown, my what my Instagram numbers are growing. Um, and those are all like numbers, let's say, right? But when I really sit and think about every single person behind that number, I'm just so grateful for you all for receiving me as I am, receiving my energy, and um, thank you. <laughs> so we're wrapping up today part two i'm sure there'll be a part three one day l um but can i just ask you to if people want to reach out to you and tell you something they're grateful for where it's going to be in the show notes but i would love it if you can tell people where they can get a hold of you yeah so if you just um go onto my instagram page which is b underscore the underscore change 144 um there is a link in my bio and if you click on that the first button on there is the contact button that's the best way to get hold of me sometimes dms can get lost yeah sounds great so get to l through her contact button on her instagram which is linked in the show notes and thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Elle, thank you. for coming and joining me on MJ's Magic Hour yet again. Can't wait for the next one. And uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of yourself, darling. Thank you. For love. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you loved this episode, leave a review or share to a friend because sharing is caring. 
As always, I would love to hear your takeaway from today's MJ's Magic Hour. So drop me a DM on Instagram, Magdalena Jensen underscore coach. If you have been considering coaching, I would be thrilled to support you to create sustainable change in your life. Feel free to check out my website, www.magdalenajensen.com and let's chat. It all starts with a conversation. Take care of yourself and sending love.